Today, we will be speaking with Sarah J. Williams. She has worked as a securities regulator at the Securities and Exchange Commission, as well as some other agencies. She is now teaching at Penn State Dickinson Law School and writing academic papers. Enjoy the episode. Give us a rundown on the basics of the financial regulatory system. Sure. So the financial system is pretty broad. It encompasses lots of agencies. I will say there are two that are the most significant that people should understand. The first is the Federal Reserve Board, right, which we call the Fed. Uh, the Fed is key because it controls interest rates. So it's basically using uh, interest rates as levers to control inflation. So for example, right now, we know that the prices of goods and products are high. So we see that the Fed is raising interest rates. This means that consumers are going to become less willing to put charges on their credit cards because they don't want to pay those high rates. They're going to start spending less money. This is going to lead to a lower demand for products, and then the prices of the goods are going to drop. Conversely, when the economy is slow and no one is spending money and there is no motivation to produce, the Fed is going to lower interest rates, right? And that's going to encourage spending and speed up our economy. So that makes the Fed a major player in financial regulation and in financial markets. The other large player uh, is the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. So the SEC was formed after the stock market crash of 1929. They have a broad mandate that basically covers anyone, any entity involved in putting securities into the hands of investors. So they have an authority over the companies that issue stocks, right? They even have authority over companies that create mutual funds and hedge funds. So they also regulate the stock exchanges where investors go to buy and sell securities. And they also have jurisdiction over the folks that who advise investors and recommend securities. Uh, finally, I will say that they also have uh, reach over lawyers and accountants who are involved in helping companies raise money. They work with the Fed. They work with uh, regulators located outside of the US as well. So of course, the SEC has a huge mandate. And then they have regulators that they actually oversee who have particular areas of specialty. So for example, FINRA oversees broker-dealers. The PCAOB oversees auditors of, of public companies. But these agencies, as a practical matter, report to the SEC. Uh, there are other federal agencies. There are state agencies involved in uh, financial regulation. But I think the Fed and the SEC have the broadest reach. So within all these big agencies, what do you think are some flaws within these agencies? And how do you think these flaws could be improved? Or how are they already being improved? Yeah, so um, I will, you know, again, thinking about um, the SEC in particular and a lot of those sub agencies, I think the big challenge being faced today is uh, the global nature of securities, right? 
So there is what I'll call global disaggregation. So we know that financial markets are inextricably and globally connected. So today we can buy a stock located, you know, buy a stock in a Japanese company as easily as we could buy a stock in a company located in Seattle. But we have disparate systems of regulation throughout the world. So for example, the US requires that financial statements be prepared in accordance with US accounting principles, we call that gap, while other countries accept international accounting standards. Similarly, the US has a special regulator for auditors of public companies, right? That's the PCAOB, while Australia, for example, does not have that. So you get this patchwork of global regulation that is inefficient. It creates confusion and unreliability in today's markets, which are undeniably global. So I think the world should be moving towards international financial regulation. You know, one global regulator with power and real power instead of a bunch of little uh, local or national ones. So that would create a smoother system for regulation, you know, and it would undercut the ability of politics, which I think we see in financial regulation, um, because the politics are all going to be happening locally. And this, you know, United Board has to think more globally about financial regulation. And that could actually strengthen our regulatory scheme. But do you think this is a very possible direction that it's headed? Or do you think this is just a best case scenario? Like, is uh, this something that's already in work or? Yeah, um, I mean, in small parts, it's already in work. So I was talking about the international accounting standards. The U.S. is trying. They've been looking, you know, slowly accepting some or working with international regulators to try and tweak them to make them okay under U.S. standards. But I don't see um, a global regulator happening anytime in our near future. I want to talk about 2008. What do you think was exploited during 2008? And what has changed the most since then? I think the thing I see that has uh, changed is I think the country is more, and regulators are more sensitive to, um, and lots of legislation came out in, after the 2008 um, you know, crisis, and it dealt with different things. But I will talk about this idea that we have to create a simpler regulatory system. There was a real concern about the need to improve uh, the, uh, the ability of companies and new companies to access public markets. So what you have seen more recently in securities regulation is this idea that we are going to make regulations lighter and easier in order for uh, new companies to be able to get capital and compete. So that is a good thing. Um, but it also compromises investor protection. And I say that because when you are lightening these regulations, it means uh, you have to give up something. And what has been given up in many cases is, is this idea of disclosure. And companies are being uh, given lighter disclosure obligations. And of course, that means less information in the market. 
which means that it could be adversely affecting uh, shareholders. You mentioned a simpler system. And I've noticed that there isn't a lot of education regarding this topic, and it is not often brought up in national politics. So I'm wondering, do you think there should be more focus on this specific area? You are absolutely right. And um, that is the reason why I you know, came into academia, because I think um, right now the people who make financial regulation, uh, they have it a little easier because they don't feel that public pressure, right? Because the public doesn't really understand this regulatory structure. So they kind of go through the motions, you know, in order to pass any kind of a regulation in most instances, you have to put it out for public comment. And then when you look at the public comments, you'll see the comments aren't really coming from the public because the public has no idea of what's going on. So I definitely agree with you that uh, financial regulation has not been talked about in a very plain English accessible way. And that, you know, that might be intentional because the more people understand it, the more people are gonna have views about it. But I think that is a good thing. So yeah, I definitely believe, um, and it's not even that they have to be simpler, but they just have to be made more um, understandable for ordinary Americans. What is the relationship between the democratic process and the financial regulatory system? How can the average citizen affect financial regulation? I think it's important to understand that when we vote, particularly when we vote for the president of the United States, the president has immense power to set financial regulation. And that's something we normally don't, I think a lot of people don't think about, but the president of the United States is picking the, you know, the members of the Securities and Exchange Commission. Now the SEC uh, was purportedly organized to be independent. And that means that only there can be no more than three members of the commission who are from the same party. But, you know, that of course, doesn't really dilute the power of the president to affect regulatory policy. And as a practical matter, we have seen it through history. Um, when you think about the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, if you read about the Enron scandal and everything that led up to that act, you understand that there was a great, the, the, uh, the country was in crisis and the president wanted to do something, partly because the president was aware of a lot of scandals. And this is uh, George W. Bush. The president was aware of scandals and he just wanted to quiet things down. But, you know, the, the uh, Sarbanes-Oxley Act was tempered, it was debated, it was part of a large political process where you had people on both sides of the aisle trying to figure out how to adopt uh, rules that looked as if they were being responsive while not really upsetting their constituents or their particular political base. So there is absolutely a connection between the democratic process and financial regulation. And it is one of those areas that when we go to vote, we don't really think of what are the policies that this person we're voting for, what policies do they have in place? What do you recommend that college students, young adults do to get more involved in this topic? Where can you look for resources and information to become better informed in this area? Yeah, I mean, I think it, I, um, 
I asked myself that question when I graduated law school. I come from a family that, you know, we worked and no one invested any money. We didn't even understand what those options were. Um, and so I, I am encouraged by uh, these younger upcoming generations because believe it or not, uh, they're actually making change and good change. So for example, we have more younger people investing, you know, enrolling in 401k plans for their first jobs. We are seeing investors and I'm even seeing um, programs in middle schools to talk about investment. I think those are all great things. Um, but I think the real way to get younger, young adults interested is to explain to them the power of investing. Because investing used to be about making money, right? Getting a return on your investment. How are you going to, you know, fund your children's education? How are you going to fund your, your retirement? Those are all solid concerns, but it's now about climate change. It's about, you know, racial equity. It's about core humanity. People are looking at investing in companies as a way to create change in the world. And I think if we were able to send that message out, then this, these younger generations might be more interested in it. What is a big misconception that you had before you began studying uh, financial law uh, that was debunked as you learned more and more and you became more experienced in the field? I think my biggest misconception was that it was hard and it was impossible to understand. Right. So I when I took securities regulation in law school, I came to it anew and I thought it was it was going to be bad news. I was the only you know, one of the few African-Americans in my law school class taking securities regulation. Um, and it frustrated me because I didn't understand how there could be this whole world out there that no one understood, that no one was talking about. So I, I went in with the fear that it was complex. Then I went and I worked in a law firm where it still felt complex. Here I am representing clients, but yet and still, no one had explained to me exactly what it was about. Why were we filing all these forms? What were we really doing? And someone, uh, a mentor counseled me to go to the Securities and Exchange Commission. And it was there that I truly understood what its purposes were and what the structure of it was. And once you understand the foundation and the structure, that makes, you know, the rest becomes details. And so I think this idea that it is a morass of complexity that an ordinary person cannot understand, I think it's, un it's not true. And I do have to give credit to the Securities and Exchange Commission they are constantly working on their investor education pages and they've got great information basic understandable information about financial regulation and financial investing so i definitely think they are starting down that path i think a lot more needs to be done What do you think is the next step then? 
I think the next step is for people like you <laughs> to start talking about it. You know, and I still don't I I still don't see enough of that. And in the world of academia, we are always talking about it. We're always talking about what's wrong and how to fix it, but we still need to uh, bridge to reach the the ordinary American. And so as you gathered probably, that's why I write the way I write, because I want people to understand that what I'm saying, that these principles of regulation are not complex, they are everyday matters that everyday Americans can have a view in. So I think we need more people uh, who are experts in the area trying to bridge that gap.